October 9th, 2014, the Columbus crew, an MLS team based out of Columbus, Ohio, make an announcement. For the first time in their 18-year history, they're rebranding. The new crest is a circular-shaped badge with checkers and stripes paying homage to Columbus's ties to Germany. Around it, the iconic name of the club, Columbus Crew SC, wraps the checkers and stripes. In the middle, a 96 is proudly displayed, a nod to the year the club was founded. It's a crest steeped in heritage. October 18, 2017. Anthony Precourt, then owner of the crew, announces that he will relocate the team to Austin, Texas if a downtown stadium doesn't get approved in Columbus. Fast forward to 2018 and a grassroots movement, hashtag Save the Crew, works to keep the team in Columbus. They rally Jimmy Haslam, owner of the NFL's Cleveland Browns, to take majority ownership of the team. Fast forward to 2020, just three years after relocation threats presented an existential crisis to the crew, the team lifted up its second MLS Cup in its existence. May 10th, 2021. After weeks of rumors, it's confirmed. The Columbus crew are changing forever. A second rebrand, this time headed by the Haslam ownership, is on its way. The name Columbus Crew SC is no more. The crew moniker has been dropped and the team is now known as Columbus SC. The circular crest that paid homage to both the cities and the team's storied past has been replaced by a stylized, modernized letter C. While the ownership claim that this rebranding respects the roots of the club while at the same time modernizing it, it's gotten many crew fans, supporters groups, and MLS neutrals up in arms. We're in the midst of a second Save the Crew movement. A new effort with the single goal of keeping the current crew branding, the movement known as We Are The Crew. So today we ask, what is the future of the Columbus crew? If you like this episode, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Final Third Show. Leave a rating on wherever you listen to us on and tell a friend that you enjoy the show. This is the Final Third Podcast, Deep Dive Edition. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. I am one of the co-hosts, AJ Tabura, and usually I would, at this moment, introduce Jack. Jack is one of our other co-hosts here on the podcast, but unfortunately he has some personal matters to contend with, so obviously that comes first. So for today's episode, it's just going to be me, but I have a great guest. We're talking about the Columbus crew after they rebranded. Uh, this past week, what actually happened with the rebrand and what the team, the ownership and the supporters are doing in the near future in response to the rebrand. And for this, we have a very special guest. Uh, let's just get started with it. All right. So today we welcome Ori Benatar, sports journalist for the Massive Reports, the Columbus Crew arm of SB Nation, writing articles for them, as well as being a regular fixture for their podcast. He's been a lifelong crew fan and soccer fan in general, and we're glad to have him on the show. Ori, how are you feeling today? I know it's been a busy week, so I <laughs> hope you have been getting some rest recently. Yeah, no, it's been a relatively busy week, obviously, with the rebrand and, you know, the soccer's not over for the crew. They just played a game on Wednesday, mm -hmm. big loss to Toronto, got another game on Sunday, and it'll be their sixth game in 19 days. So crew coverage has been uh, high and mighty and fast these past couple of weeks. And obviously, the rebrand definitely threw a wrench in 
that we weren't expecting. Yeah. Well, let's first take a step back because we always like to ask our guests what their soccer history is, what their history is in supporting different clubs. So I know you have been a pretty long lived fan of the crew. So walk us through how you got into soccer and how you got to supporting the Columbus crew. Yeah. I mean, I've been a soccer fan my whole life. I was born in Columbus and I was born one month after the first game. So, and you know, that would be the professional sport that my, my dad and my, my family would take me to throughout uh, my younger years because, you know, you know, we like, we like every sport. We like football and baseball and hockey and whatnot, but obviously Columbus, you know, tough to snag Ohio state football tickets, Columbus blue jackets weren't a thing until 2000. So, and soccer has always been our favorite sport. I grew up with soccer. My whole family loves the sport, you know, watching world cups, euros has always been a fixture in our family. We'd always get together to watch games and then MLS as well, to be able to watch a professional league and see the way it's grown. So, you know, I've been to countless games at historic crew stadium. It's, kind of hard to believe there's only two left and that stadium, you know, has such a history and crew soccer, Columbus's community, American soccer history with Dosa Cerro there four times. So, um, but yeah, the, the crew has obviously been the team that I support and it's uh, pretty awesome that I've been covering them now for a year and a half on this path of, uh, you know, professional journalism. So it's, it's a fun time and uh, you know, the soccer doesn't stop and the MLS season has been interesting to say the least to begin. I've been to every match this season and I fully suspect to be at every home game for the most part this season. And we'll be at the first game at the new stadium too. July. The third will be very, very exciting, but definitely with this rebrand there's going to be some questions going into the first game at the (laughs) new stadium from a supporter standpoint. Yeah. Well, let's get into the rebrand for the people who, you know, have been living under a rock who haven't uh, really heard the details of the rebrand walk us through what does the rebrand actually entail how long has it been in the works and what exactly are they going to change about their brand well uh, it's already been changed so essentially columbus crew sc has officially rebranded the official name is now columbus sc and they have said that they're going to use the crew as sort of like a nickname so you know if you're familiar with mexican soccer cf monterey who just knocked out the crew from the Concacaf champions league their nickname is Rayados, and it's kind of interchangeable between using the names Rayados and Monterey. But you see it around world football, you know, Reds for Liverpool, Blues for Chelsea, Red Devils, Gunners, Spurs for Tottenham. And that's kind of what, you know, the Columbus front office was uh, going for. So they have a new logo. The team's name is Columbus Soccer Club. The new logo is all over the, the club's website. MLS is using it now. We saw it in the scorebug in the Toronto FC game two days after the rebrand was announced. And it definitely took a lot of people by surprise, but this has probably been in the works for about two or three years is what we've been told uh, with new ownership with the Haslam's, the Johnson's and the Edwards stepping in as owners. And obviously the Haslam's and the Johnson family also owners of the Cleveland Browns. And they uh, try to rebrand as well a few years ago, trying to add brighter orange into the Browns uh, helmet logo and uniforms, as well as a dog logo that was just Mm -hmm. kind of weird outlines that kind of (laughs) looked like a pig and people really hated it. And uh, so far, it's been definitely a very passionate reaction from the crew fan base and the outside soccer community here in the States and worldwide that it's universe, close to universally agreed upon that the logo is a poor design. The name change is very confusing, and it's definitely sparked a lot of uh, anger and interest around the Columbus crew, but for all the reasons that you wouldn't suspect. Yeah, well, in your opinion... 
do you believe that this is a good rebrand? I, I, I suspect that you might not like it as well, but in your personal opinion, do you enjoy the rebrand? No, simple answer is no. I I do graphic design for Massive Report, and I mentioned this on our podcast. You know, I'm looking at every single MLS logo every single day, and I have them all to memory. And I look at that new crew logo, and all I see is the worst logo in the MLS from a design standpoint, from an aesthetic standpoint, from you know personal preference. I hate how unsymmetrical it is. Yes, I like the the nod to the Ohio flag, but. You know, it has no personality to it. It's just a weird shape with the C in the middle. Then they had that random triangle in the bottom right corner just to fill dead space. And then no, the crew is not even in the logo when it was a prominent feature in the original logo with the construction workers. And then the new badge that was implemented in 2014 that I felt was a very, very nice logo. But they were like, oh, no, circles. There's too many circles in MLS. But some of the most recognizable global brands in soccer have circular logos. Look at Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Manchester City as right. you know perfect examples. But yeah, personally, the logo I think is not very nice at all. I think it's a very poor design. And then the name change doesn't make much sense to me. I think the uniqueness of the crew name is there. And I don't know why you would drop that from your official branding, even though it's all, you know, their Twitter is called The Crew. Their handle is Columbus Crew. They're trying to use this as the stick name, but then they feel the need to drop it out of the official mm-hmm. branding. So going off that, why exactly do you think the supporters are upset? Like we have the context of the Save the Crew mo- movement. We have the context of the ownership's meeting with the Nordeca members. Like what is causing the fans to be so so riled up over losing the Crew moniker? Um, I think it definitely has to do with how much the name means to them and also in general, just how poor the design is and also the lack of fan input. I mean, we saw with the Chicago fire, they released this new logo with no fan input and it was a disaster. And the current Chicago fire logo is also not exactly very appealing and they had to backtrack on it and be like, well, we're going to have to rebrand again. So that might happen with the crew, but Uh, Essentially, word got out that uh, in January, uh, front office members of the crew were uh, meeting with Nordeca leadership to talk about this rebrand. And one of the Nordeca leaders wrote about a 15 to 18 page report describing what would happen with this rebrand. And he said that the name change would be uh, catastrophic if they dropped the crew from the official name. So Nordeca basically gave them all these recommendations about how bad the logo was, why the name change would be poor. And just a lot of good notes in general. And I read that report today and just reading it, it's basically just predicting the future of what happened here in May. So I think they're really upset that front office didn't listen to recommendations. Front office showed them Friday evening, the new logo and the name change. And it was very heated to the point that Saturday's match at Historic Crew Stadium against DC, there were no banners. Fans were chanting F the rebrand at one point. And even talking to support and front office members, I think, went to talk to supporters during Saturday's game to just talk about it a little bit. But then they went ahead and pushed forward with the rebrand. So but fans were very upset with the lack of supporter input. And in general, the result of the name being dropped, the crew from the official branding and turning into this generic name like Columbus Soccer Club. And just in general, the fact that the logo is just very, very poor. Yeah, I mean. You, after such a, a grassroots movement like Save the Crew, after years and years of fan support building in Columbus, to throw it away, just it seems very surprising. But what is the front office's 
justification for this change? What makes them think that this would be a good change, like in your own words? Well, not just in my own words, but in the words of front office members, sure. you know, like Tim, Tim Bezbachenko basically saying that they wanted to grow the, the global brand of Columbus soccer. And according to him, he felt that the having Columbus crew in the name one of them got lost in the shuffle. I personally don't agree with that because it's two words. And I think people know the crew as the Columbus soccer team. So they know about Columbus and they know about the crew. And uh, one of the Nerdeca leaders talked about a great story where he was uh, in Rome and he was wearing a crew, crew shirt and just one person just shouted across and it's like, save the crew. So you have that recognition around the world as the crew. They know what this team is and they know it as the crew. It's unique. But front office wants to, you know, do things to help their business. They feel that being Columbus Soccer Club, having a rebrand, they want to make things more global. And in general, you're seeing with soccer clubs and in general, the way marketing has shifted, simplicity and designs. Look at Juventus changing their badge to just a J. And they also felt that that badge was going to help with fashion as well to sort of help push forward for merchandising sales. But in general, there's a shift in simplicity and design. Um, which personally I'm not a big fan of because I like a little bit of complexity with my logos. I get yeah. simplicity, but you know, in that logo, at least with Juventus, they're a recognizable global brand that they can have the confidence to just have a J. I still think it's a hideous logo. Mm -hmm. Inter Milan's new logo has the simplicity, but you know it's Inter Milan. If you look at that logo and you don't see the words Columbus and SC on the top and the bottom, which is hard to see anyway, you have no idea what it is. Whereas with the old badge, it said Columbus crew, you see the black and gold, it's prominent in the badge. And uh, you understand what the team is, where it is, and you get the uniqueness of it. So front office wanted to go for a global brand. Uh, we'll see what happens in the long run, assuming they keep this, but based on what we know, it doesn't seem like this new logo and this rebrand is going to last long. There's going to be a compromise down the road between front office and, and the supporters. Yeah. Just going off of that. What do you think that the supporters do from here? Like, will there be committed protests, committed boycotts? We have a lot of reports on Twitter of fans thinking about canceling their season tickets. Obviously that cuts into the ownerships uh, bottom line. So they're going to want to try to find a compromise, but, what are the actions from the Nordeca, from just casual uh, crew fans? What are they going to do from here on out? Uh, you'll see a mixture. I mean, I already know people that have said they're on their way to canceling their season tickets or on the verge of doing it. You know, one of our uh, people on our podcast, uh, he's been a season ticket holder for over a decade. He hung banners at Nordeca for years, and he described being a crew fan as exhausting after seeing this rebrand and whatnot and how, you know, being a sports fan is supposed to be fun. But when your previous owner tried to move your team and then you have new owners that claimed we want the supporters input and we're here to help this team in regards to, you know, keeping the global outreach and having supporters input. And then they go ahead with this rebrand without supporters input. So you will see some season tickets go down and the way with MLS, um, a lot of that season ticket money is shared within the league. So a lot of people have been saying that more of the harm for the ownership, if you want to sort of have a, some kind of a boycott towards this rebrand is just to not buy merchandise. Nordeca has a petition never to buy any merchandise with that logo, nothing new from the club. A lot of people have signed that and I guarantee you there won't be too many people sitting at historic crew stadium or new crew stadium yet to secure a sponsorship for that new stadium. 
there's not going to be too many people, I think, with that new logo. We'll see. It'd be interesting to to take a look at. But we saw a protest uh, that when the rebrand was announced, like an hour or two after, peaceful at the old at the current stadium. Nothing at the new stadium yet, with construction not being fully finished. You might see some more protests. I don't expect to see any Nordeca banners hung for the last two games at the old stadium unless we start to see more reports coming out that a compromise or some kind of dialogue is being made between supporters and the front office. So there's definitely a lot of uh, unknowns right now. And we do know, a source told my boss here at Massive Report, that uh, there is going to be some kind of dialogue with front office and supporters. I think front office is starting to understand how catastrophic this rebrand has been for the reputation of themselves as owners. And just in general, now the Columbus crew logo being, you know, looked at as a laughing stock in a way, a lot mm-hmm. of people poking fun at it on Twitter and people outside of the crew community, Alexi Lala shared our story. Heather O'Reilly was confused about the logo choice and former crew players like Zach Steffen and Eric Gehrig and many, many more voicing uh, some sort of displeasure or like, nah, this is not it. So the name change in the logo has caused a lot, a lot of displeasure. And uh, we'll see how that moves forward with season tickets and merchandise sales. Be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, we have a statement from the ownership saying along the lines, quote, they're going to turn their focus to creating substantive and meaningful dialogue with the Nordeca on moving forward together. Do you have any insight on what that necessarily entails? You mentioned that there's probably going to be a compromise between supporters and ownership. Can we see some action being taken pretty soon? Or is this more of a very long ways down the road kind of thing? I think it's a mixture just because I think the way that Adidas contracts work, you know, they've had this new logo probably set up for a while. So to me, similar to the Chicago fire, I feel like this logo will be around maybe for a year and a half to two years. But I think that the early dialogue, my assumption would be is that front office and and Nordeca will have a discussion about, okay, let's come up with a compromise for the name. Let's come up with a compromise to have a supporters logo and sort of, you know, have some elements of the new logo be incorporated into you know, a future supporters uh, helped logo and then come to an agreement with the name change. People were throwing around ideas. One idea that I think is interesting is the compromises. You change it to a different type of European stylized name, similar to Hanover 96, Schalke mm-hmm. for 1860 uh, München and have the year in the official name, Columbus Crew 96, which, like you know, it shows the history that this is the first club in MLS, one of the founding members. You keep the crew in the official name as well. Columbus is still prominent in there too. You find a way to put crew in the logo and then try to make it more visually appealing as well. So I think that's what we're going to see. But again, that's still early. But I think that, you know, for the ownership to be stubborn and just keep this brand the way it is now, you know, for forever, I think that is unlikely considering how much backlash there was. I mean, we looked at tweets and Instagram posts, our Instagram posts we did with the new logos and whatnot, and we saw multiple comments dis- displeasing it. You know, very few people liked it. They were getting ratioed on Twitter hmm. a ton, maybe like 400 likes on the tweet with the video announcing the brand, and you're talking maybe 1,500 to 2,000 replies. And whenever you're ratioed like that on Twitter, you know something is not right. So definitely. Um, Definitely something needs to they need to meet at the table and have a discussion about this because, you know, the front office definitely did not think about them in the process. And obviously, 
We know that because this report that we just read from January, they basically took none of the advice from it. Yeah. And here at the final third, we like to think about the big picture. And one of the mm-hmm. things that we really want to look at when we're talking about this entire rebrand situation is how is it going to affect the relationship between the supporters and the ownership? You know, this entire conversation we've been talking about, we've been talking about the ownership, not listening to the supporters, the supporters beginning to turn their back on a team that they loved so much. Do you think that's going to have long-term effects on that relationship? Do you think it's straining to the point that a lot of hardcore crew fans are potentially going to permanently turn their back on the crew? Depends. I think you're seeing different people take different approaches. You've got, I've seen plenty of people post like, yes, I hate the rebrand. I hate the logo. I'm not going to buy merch, but I'm still going to go to games. The players and the coaches have nothing to do with this. And I'm still going to support the team that I've loved for more, you know, 20, 25 plus years. So there's people like that. There's other people that are just fed up and like, I'm not going to any more games or I'll only go to three or four games. Um, but then, yeah, in terms of how supporters feel about ownership, I think once again, supporters feel like they've been stabbed in the back. We saw with Anthony Precord in 2017, just announcing like, yep, we're going to move the team to Austin. And then supporters rallied and make sure that didn't happen. And then you have these new owners come in, essentially helping to save the team by buying the team, promising a new stadium, fulfilling that promise of a new stadium, you know, having people in the front office like Tim Bezbachenko hiring Caleb Porter as a head coach create a championship roster, you know, that just won MLS cup, have a, one of the most deep rosters we've seen in major league soccer that yes, they just did lose to Toronto, but this team has been playing, you know, day in and day out. They've barely had time to train. So we haven't seen the best of them yet being able to prepare for a week. And anytime the crew had time to prepare for a match last year, you saw what they could do and how good they were on their day, yeah. but still one of the best teams in the league. And, you know, supporters felt, you know, they, they trusted the ownership. They felt that they were going in the right direction, but then it's like getting stabbed in the back again. A lot of them felt cause you come up with this terrible rebrand. It's the second time the Haslam and the Johnson ownership try to rebrand with an Ohio sports team. And they change it to another C logo. There are so many C logos in professional and Ohio sports that it's just like, well, we're not separating ourselves from the pack. We're just turning generic. So, but I think if ownership and if ownership comes out with an announcement that we've met with supporters, we're going to have discussions about the name, we're going to have discussions about the logo, and we're going to change something, then I think we'll start to see, you know, fences being mended. Because if ownership and supporters start to dialogue about this, then I don't think the supporters will be as angry going forward as they are right now. We're basically... You know, it's been six days since that uh, meeting where front office showed Nordeca the new logo and whatnot, and it hasn't even been a full week since they launched the new logo. But right now, the you're you're confusing people currently. They've got the new logo on all their merch. Uh, you know, you see the players wear the new logo on their shirts, their masks. It's on graphics on television. It's on MLS.com. It's on the club's website. They're still wearing the old logo on their jerseys. You don't know what, you know, we've got Columbus Soccer Club in the bio, Columbus Crew in the handle, the crew in the Twitter name. Yeah. So right now it's just a lot of confusion. So they got to come up with something consistent and be like, we were doing, I thought Columbus Crew was fine. SC in the back, whatever. You know, to me, it was nothing was broke. I don't know why they wanted to fix it. But, mm-hmm. you know, people want to have their stamp. You know, these new owners wanted to put their stamp on the team. And, you know, the new stadium wasn't necessarily the stamp that they wanted. They also wanted the rebrand. And, and they talked to focus groups and they had, you know, people come up with mock-up designs, but I think that 
they should have found some better people to come up with the designs because not good. <laughs> not good at all. And the way they rolled it out was also just a, a, P, a PR disaster because yeah. it started leaking and then they revealed it a day early and then ownership basically didn't really officially apologize yet. But I think something like that will be coming along the line. So I there's going to be some kind of an agreement of some kind. I don't think this is going to be the cruise logo for the next 10 years. I don't think that Columbus SC is going to be the official name for very long either. I'm pretty confident that something is going to happen to revert this. All right. Well, that leads us to our last question. And it's kind of an open-ended question. So I guess I'll let you interpret it in the way that you would like, but what does this tell us about the direction that the ownership wants to take the team, whether it's the rebrand in general, whether it's how much they want to invest, how much they want to put into the team, how they view the team as a local brand versus a global brand. Like what does this tell us about what the Haslam's want to do with the Columbus crew? Well, I think it's with any ownership. They want to grow their brand globally and, you know, they want to they want to increase their revenue stream and increase their money. And that's normal for people of business. It's normal for ownership to want to do that. And, you know, I think their intentions are all well and good with the rebrand. They just needed to consult fans and come up with a better logo and, you know, talk about the name. But dropping the crew from the name is definitely not a decision that anybody would have agreed with. So that definitely comes as sort of the biggest surprise as to just like, why, why does this make sense kind of thing? But I, you know, their intentions are to have this, you know, this franchise be consistent. The, they have, they hired a good coaching staff. They have Bezbachenko as the president and general manager, an amazing roster. They want the Columbus crew to be like the likes of Seattle and the galaxy and Toronto FC perennial contenders in MLS every single year playing in a great new stadium that's opening up in downtown here in less than two months. And in general, they just want to be able to try and get as much money as possible, you know, and that, and that's okay. People want to make their money, they're business owners, and it's understandable, of course, but um, I think their intentions are still good. I just don't think that they handled the rebrand very well and they didn't talk to the right people to make the rebrand the best it could possibly be. But then today, the salary guide came out for MLS. There's still investment in the team and the team is successful because the salary guide comes out. Four of the Columbus crew players are making over a million dollars this year. Lucas Elarayan, Jossie Zardes, Jonathan Menson, Darlington Nagby all have a salary uh, guaranteed in their contract of over a million this year. Second most in the league behind, uh, oddly enough, FC Cincinnati has five people yeah. making over a million dollars this year. They're paying a lot of money to try and not win the wooden spoon for a third straight year <laughs> and now opening up their new stadium uh, this upcoming weekend. Actually, I'm very curious to see what TQL stadium will look like. We might go down there for hell is real on July 7th. But yeah, it's, there's a lot of questions and a lot of things to find out. But uh I think all that most crew fans can hope for is that the rebrand is retracted. The crew is back in the official name and there's a new logo on the horizon. But, uh, you know, the hope is, is that over the coming weeks is that fences will be mended. They'll have discussions and people can start focusing again more on the soccer and seeing their team uh, succeed. As I would suspect, this Columbus crew team will eventually build up some momentum and start to get a lot of points in the league play. Thank you for joining us on the final third podcast today, Ori. It was great to talk to you. We got a lot of great insight on this rebrand and what the future of the crew could be going uh, forward throughout the rest of the season. Do you have anything to plug before you leave? 
Yeah, if you uh, guys want to see my stuff, uh, at obenatar512 on Twitter. That's uh, O-B-E-N-A-T-A-R-512 to check out uh, just some mostly crew coverage. But I'm sure when the Euros and the Copa America and a lot of, you know, we're, we're getting into the late spring. There's a lot of sports happening. Mm-hmm. NBA, NHL playoffs. You know, you've got uh, the Champions League final coming up here. Um, Women's Champions League final, too. Just a lot of soccer that's going to be happening this summer. So I'll be tweeting, obviously, a ton of crew coverage and some insights from the international tournaments this year, and then go to massivereport.com for some really good uh, crew coverage. We have a whole team of writers. You know, we get down to the news. We've got opinion pieces as well. Plenty of, uh, of breakdowns after games. And then we cover press conferences and everything else. So if you want the best complete crew coverage, massivereport.com, listen to our podcast as well and follow us on Instagram too. Cool. Thank you again, Ori, for joining us. No problem, AJ. Thanks. I'll end this discussion with this. Ori gave a great description on what this means for the future of Columbus as a team, the future of what the supporters are going to do. But I want to talk about what this means for the future of MLS in general and to build off Ori and how, you know, these teams want to become a global brand. They want to become more than what they are right now. Well, that's kind of the MO of MLS, especially recently is that they're trying to grow. We see this when they want to sell more players. They want to you know, bring in more expansion teams that have high attendance. They want to become not just a global brand in terms of the individual clubs, but a global league and really leapfrog their way into the upper echelons of league competitiveness, of league popularity. And what this really tells us And what this rebrand tells us and what, you know, all the rebrands of past MLS teams tell us is that right now, these owners value modernizing, value getting a new global brand and new global audience more than building local grassroots support. Because when you have people in Montreal, in Columbus, in Chicago, especially in New York, even who don't know that these teams exist because the teams aren't doing good management, good marketing, uh, soccer's still not even a popular sport across the country enough to garner support. It tells you that their focus is in the wrong place, that they have an entire audience, a potential market, 20 minutes away from their stadium, yet they're focusing and have been focusing on supposed global fans and as Ori says obviously that's not going to work out but we have this this idea in MLS that this is the right way to go about it that this is the right way to go about making a change in your club and and creating creating a club that can be more than what it is right now but that's just that's just obviously not the case right that's just not how you go about growing popularity. We all know what actually grows popularity because we've seen it in other sports. Why are the Yankees so popular? Why are the Dodgers so popular? Why are the Patriots, the Lakers, the Chicago Bulls so popular? Heck, why are Manchester United so popular? Juventus, Manchester City, Chelsea, Barcelona, Real Madrid, why are they popular? It's not because of their name. It's not because of their brand. It's because of what they did on the field, the community that they built around their team, and 
the long storied history and success that they've had. If the Patriots were god awful, nobody would care. If Tom Brady wasn't winning them Super Bowl after Super Bowl, nobody would care about the Patriots. So why are MLS teams so hell-bent on rebranding in order to build up their fan base? Why boring, uninspired names? It's because of MLS's culture. Because of the owners. They view their teams as an investment, not a community project. They take the safest path. Why do all the teams have black as their primary color? Well, think about it. Because it's sleek, modern, and won't put many people off. People will wear and buy black merchandise. Why are all the names so boring? Because that's what soccer people like, right? Because they won't be much of an uproar if their name is something simple and unprovocative, like Charlotte FC. Inter Miami can wear pink if they wanted to. LAFC can wear gold if they wanted to. New York Red Bulls can even wear red, like all red kits, which they have in the past. And these clubs can do that because it's their primary colors, right? Inter Miami, they have been using pink in pretty much all of their, their advertisements. So why not make a pink kit? Well, instead, they all wear black. Charlotte FC, their name could have been Charlotte Athletic. Austin FC, maybe Austin Roots FC. St. Louis City FC could have been something at least a little bit more unique with St. Louis Town SC. Columbus SC could have been the Columbus crew, but they took the boring route. Look at the USL. They have interesting names. They have interesting kits. Oakland Roots, Ford Madison, Birmingham Legion, Sacramento Republic. I can go on. MLS doesn't do that. They don't have interesting kits or interesting names because the owners don't look at their clubs as actual clubs, but purely as franchises. And this culture of boring crests, of boring names, and of boring uniforms and kits is the new normal. And it has been for a while. MLS owners want the identity of MLS to seem European because they want to shed the identity of being an American sport because they want to be a more global brand because they think that's what people want. They think that's what makes people want to support soccer. The fact that it's European-esque. Even if it's completely artificial, they think that's what people want. But it's not. These owners, they don't understand what makes the soccer club so enjoyable. And let me tell you, it's not the fact that it seems European. It's not the fact that the teams we support have teams that you'll, team names that you'll see in England and Germany. It's because of the community that's built up around the team. It's about the storied history of the team. Going back to the examples of those other sports franchises, why do people like them? It's not what the reason why the owners think that people like them. And the reason why people are mad now is because, purely because, there has been a little bit of history that's been built up in the past 25 years in Columbus, in these other teams. And to see that thrown away artificially gets people mad. And these owners can't wrap their heads around it because their incentive is to make money and appeal to a global brand, 
even if that's in direct contention with what will actually grow their brand. And that is local support. Local support will do that. But until that gets through their minds, nothing is going to change. We're going to see more rebrands. The new expansion teams are going to continue to have boring names. Uh, this is a fight that's going to continue. And it's something that we're going to be reporting on and looking at for a long, long time. And I'll end it there. And I will say uh, Jack's going to be on the next episode. He was not on this one, unfortunately. But if you want to hear more about this, uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Final Third Show. Don't forget to give us a follow on wherever you listen to us. Also give a follow to Ori. His information is going to be down in the show notes down below. Tell a friend that you like the podcast. Tell your dad even that you like the podcast. We'll see you next Monday for the news and predictions show. And we'll see you next Thursday, same time, same place for the deep dive episode. See ya.